Right, so we continue our week on Advent looking at the gifts from above, and today we discuss peace. Now, of the many unique gifts that Christ gives us, uh, in my mind, maybe one of the most uncomparable is peace. Now, peace is defined in our society and in Webster's Dictionary and many other places as freedom from disturbance or tranquility, Right? So peace is the freedom from disturbance or tranquility itself. Now, what I find unique about the peace that Christ gives us is that that's not what we receive, right? Not saying that's not what we ever receive, but that's not what the gift of peace that Christ grants to us is. The gift of peace that we get from Christ is peace in the midst of the storm. It's peace during the disturbance, and uh, for me, that magnifies its worth, and that makes it so much more important for our lives because if we're being honest, it's kind of easy to have peace when there is no disturbance. It's kind of easy to be peace when everything's tranquil. It's easy to have peace when everything is going as it should, but the real value of being able to find peace in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your storm is something that I think uniquely comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't just exist when everything is calm. It is present in the middle of our turmoil. We're going to be jumping around in Scripture today. We're going to look first at Mark chapter 4, 37 through 40. This is what it says. It says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him, and they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? you still have no faith. Now, this is a real occurrence that I think Jesus uses as an object lesson. He's chilling out in the bottom of the boat asleep because, well, he's at peace in the midst of the storm. His faith is in God who is in control of all things. And he is confident that he will find safety in the midst of the storm. His disciples, not so much. And many of us mimic the disciples in moments where we are facing the storm, right? we tend to fall away from our faith rather than clinging to it. And so Jesus asked a simple question, where is your faith? Because with your faith comes peace. And when Jesus enters into this world, faith is and peace are present, okay? Now, this is the same peace that's prophesied in Isaiah 9 through 6 when we're told that his name shall be the prince of peace. And we looked at that verse last week, prison. Peace isn't just a gift that he gives. He himself is a source of peace. Now, being a source of peace shows his connection to the Father, which is why we are told in Matthew 5, 9 that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Our ability to make peace, to have peace be present in our life, to cause peace to be a feeling that others experience when they are in our presence shows our connection to God the Father, just as it showed Christ's connection to God the Father. God is the King of peace. Christ is the Prince of peace. And we become the children of God when we are able to possess peace in our own lives. It's a, a showing of the connection that we have to him. Being an instrument of peace, 
verifies the connection to both God the Father and Christ the Son. Now, real peace, lasting peace, it only comes from the Father. And it's provided in a number of areas. The first way that Jesus' peace is made present in our lives is through the restoration of relationships. It's the entire reason why Jesus came in the first place, was to restore our relationship with God. In Romans 5.12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. Well, it goes on to talk about, about how that sin is... is uh, the cause of kind of the lack of peace in our world, right? It's what it's expressing there. Our propensity to sin leads us to hurting each other. Our propensity to sin is what leads us to hurt each other. Now, we all know uh, what it's like to have damaged relationships, right? Some of us know what it's like to be the cause of those damaged relationships because we have erred in our ways and taken away peace through those connections, marriages, friendships, work relationships, we have all at some point experienced hurt. And if we are honest, hurt people tend to hurt people, right? Hurt people tend to hurt people because we all kind of turn into uh, uh, dogs that are backed in a corner, right? They always tell you when a, when a dog feels trapped, when they're hurt or injured, they feel trapped, what do they do? They bite, right? They, they, that's when they tend to get aggressive. Well, we as people do the same thing. When we're backed into a corner, when we're hurt, when we're injured, when we feel like uh, we're in danger, we tend to lash out. We tend to lash out. Well, the connection that we have to Christ allows peace in our life to overwhelm that desire to lash out. And it's something that maybe doesn't come right away in our relationship with Christ, but as we mature in our faith and we start to understand that that connection remains and that it always stays present, we find that an easier task to complete. Hurt people tend to hurt people, but Christ came that we might mend those relationships. First, our relationship to God, and then our relationships with others. Looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law and commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those of you who were near. For through him, we, have both, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Now, this section of verses that we find here in Ephesians is, is Paul kind of expressing to the church in Ephesus that the dividing wall between the Jews and non-Jews is gone. Right, That's one of the things that Jesus did. Jesus in his coming to bring peace, to bring life, to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring all of the many gifts that he has given us, looked to kind of rid us of the things that we might use to separate ourselves. And one of the things that was used to separate them in the early days was the law and the commandments because they weren't being upheld equitably and in faith it was all about 
task, right? We have to complete these tasks. We complete these tasks. They don't complete these tasks. So we can't mend together. We can't be one body. We can't be one person as this passage says. But Jesus came that any dividing wall might be removed from us and that connection may be able to take place. That no animosity would exist. He abolishes the need for any segregation whatsoever. And instead, he seeks to unite us through the commonality of love. God has bestowed that upon each and every single one of us. His only concern being that we are new creations in him. Not our past, not the decisions that we've made previously, not the mistakes that we've made, not the sin that has ruled our life, but how we as people might find peace in the freedom that he has to offer us and how we might love one another together. When we realize that what's most important is the connection we have to one another through our commonality of being loved by Christ, that which separates us disappears and it's replaced with peace. It's really long. I'm going to say it again. When we realize that what's most important is the connection we have to one another through our commonality of being loved by Christ. That which separates us disappears and it is replaced with peace. See, we're all different. We all have different personalities. Some of us are sports fanatics. Some of us love music. Some of us love all things. Some of us grew up in the north. Some of us grew up in the south. Some of us grew up in a different religion or a different uh, sect of Christianity, right? We, we have different backgrounds and different experiences that make us unique individuals. And sometimes our uniqueness doesn't always mesh, right? We all know what that's like. Come on, where you're like, yeah, I don't know if I like that person very much, right? Like I just, their personality is not one that I easily deal with. We don't mesh and we can nitpick and look at things that separate us and the things that would say that we shouldn't be in relationship together, that we shouldn't have peace amongst ourselves. But if we can just focus on the fact that despite the things that make us different, we are all loved by the same Christ who came to this world to give us the same gifts because he deemed all of us worthy and necessary and loved by God, then peace can't exist. Peace can exist, and it will exist if that becomes our priority rather than looking at how we are not the same. We need to look at the things that make us the same. The second thing that comes with Jesus' gift of peace is order and balance. Order and balance in our life. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Peace is a heart quality. And when we say heart, I'm obviously not talking about the muscle itself that beats inside of your body, but I'm talking about that inner core through which everything in our life flows, right? Peace is a heart quality. It's something that is inside of us and that rests within us and that is a gift that comes with knowing Christ. And when it's at our core, everything in our life flows through that peace, when others experience heartache, we experience peace. It's not to say we don't experience the pain, but we also experience peace alongside of it. 
When others are crushed by anxiety, we experience peace because we know that regardless of what's taking place in our life, our God is in control. When others are worried about what the future holds, we experience peace. When others might choose conflict, we experience and choose peace. Because this is the case, we have a reason to be thankful. You see, when the world is in chaos, we are in Christ. When the world is in chaos, we are in Christ. And because Christ is our peace, remember, it told us that Christ is our peace. We experience what is spoken about in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, which tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is one of those verses that you read uh, and you think, man, that sounds great. Right? It sounds great. But it's not always easy to necessarily experience in our life. Again, it, it comes with time and with spiritual maturity and with long relationship with Christ. But I can tell you early in my walk, I could read this verse and I would tell you, man, how I wish that was true. How I wish that was true. But now at the point that I am in my walk, when I read this verse, I relate to that so much more because I have the proof, right? They say the proof is at the pudding. I have the proof that peace will get me through, that Christ will get me through the various trials and tribulations and just things that we deal with on a daily basis. I have seen the goodness of God in that I'm here. I'm here. I have a 100% success rate in overcoming my battles. Why? How do I know that? Because I'm here. Because I'm here and because God is providing for me and because God has made a way. And because even in those times where I thought there's no way I'm going to get out of this, there's no way this is going to be okay, there's no way that this gets better, here I am. And it got better. And I got through it. And I can't always tell you why that's the case other than the fact that I have placed my faith in Christ who gives me peace beyond all understanding, who has made a way for me, somebody who is an absolute control freak, who wants to be the reason and cause for all his own successes, that doesn't want to, lend, to, to, to rely on others for help, but has needed to, and who has had to rely on, on Christ at times when there was no other option, I have built up this, this bank, this savings account of peace where when something hits, I can look back and say, I got through that, and 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 we're going to get through this. You know, sometimes Jericho will ask me, how are we going to do this? And I'll ask her the same thing because I'm not always the perfect, hey, I'm on top of the world and God's got us. Sometimes I'll ask her the same question. How are we going to do this? And our answer usually is pretty similar. Yeah, I'm not sure, but God will take care of it. Every time. I don't know, but God's got us. 
And so far, every time, guess what? God's got us. God's had us. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. Here's come a source of income I didn't expect. I don't know how we're going to do Christmas. Here's been some blessing. Right? I don't know how this, that, the other. It's been okay. Right? That peace has come with the experience of knowing that Christ has our back. And that has provided some order and just calmness in our life, some organization. Because I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what's happening. I know, I know that Christ has our back. I know that God is there. I know that it will be okay. Maybe it's not always the answer we want. Maybe it's not always in the way that we want. But God always finds a way to get us to the other side of that. And we have been better for it if only that it gives us something else to put in our peace savings account, as I called it so eloquently, <laughs> right? Lastly, Jesus, peace, Jesus inspires peace in us by assuring our eternal destiny. Nothing, and I do mean nothing, inspires peace more than knowing the outcome, right? If I knew ahead of time what was going to happen in every single Chiefs game, I know I'm relating it back to sports, but I would be so much more calm. You know, if the NFL network is ever showing a replay of a game I've already watched, it's amazing how much better I handle the stupid penalties and the fumbles and the mistakes. And uh, if I know that we've lost that game, it's so easy for me to just turn it to a different channel, right? I don't even have to watch this. I know what happened, right? But there's peace, even though the outcome isn't going to change and wasn't what I wanted it to be, there's peace in knowing the end result. Well, in Christ, we know the end result. This world may break me. Sin may be my defeat. My body may fail. I may fall to disease. I may struggle in a million different ways. But I know the end result. I have faith in the end result. One day, I'll get to be in heaven with Jesus. I'll get to witness the presence of God. And these molehills that I've made mountains in my life will cease to matter. And I've got to tell you, when you're sure of your standing with God the Father and Christ the Son, when you have no doubt whatsoever about how your story ends, there's so much peace that comes with that. You know, we lost my grandmother. It's been over a year now. It certainly doesn't feel like it. There are days when I'll just cry like I am now, thinking about her and saying goodbye to her. I'll tell you, it was one of the hardest things that any of us had ever done. But I can also tell you this, my grandmother had been through it. She lived in physical pain for the majority of her life. And 
man, she handled it like a champ. Like an absolute champ. She loved God and she loved us and that was apparent in the way that she lived her life every single day. And as hard as it was to say goodbye, every time I cry, it's always ended with a smile. Because I know where she's at. And I know that she's better. And I know that she's with a God who loves her more than even I ever could. And that she was reunited with loved ones. And that she was made whole. And that she's no longer in pain. Knowing the end result makes the loss that much easier. There's nothing like the peace given to us by the blood of Christ. My mom used to sing this song around Christmas time about Jesus. I can sing the whole song. I'm not going to, but uh, it, the, the gist of the song is Jesus, baby Jesus, did you know that you were born to die? And um, I don't know. There's some theological questions to answer there. Obviously, before Jesus entered the world, I think that he certainly knew that. I think as he grew and matured, we know that he knew that. Uh, as he was laying in a manger, was he aware of that? No, I think he probably wanted some milk and uh, to be warm. Um, but Christ came to die for us. He came that all of these gifts that he has to offer us might be solidified for us in our lives. And he did that through shedding his blood on a cross. Christ secures our victory. In John 14, 27, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and to some other people gathered around. And he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You see, any peace obtained from worldly sources is temporary. Only Christ can give us peace that is lasting. Fears of the future are removed for those of us who have placed our faith in Christ. We need not be troubled. We need have no fear. Because through the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ, we have peace with God. And that peace is a gift that he guarantees to you. That peace is a, a gift that is readily available for each and every person in this room and each and every person that you have a relationship with in your life. And during this Christmas season, if I could give you any gift, I would give you peace. I would give you peace. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now and I thank you for uh, this time and this day, God, as we get to just pour over your word and, and be reminded of the fact that you love us and be reminded of the fact that you want us to experience peace. God, you give us peace. And you don't give us peace like the world gives. It's not about the absence of trial. It's not about tranquility. It's about experiencing peace in the midst of the storm. And you came to die so that we might be able to experience what that's like. And God, that is a little beyond my comprehension. 
it's just a little too far away for me to fully grasp. But Lord, I have faith. I have faith that is inspired by your presence. I have faith that is inspired by your continuality in my life of how every time there's a trial, how every time there's a tribulation, how every time it feels like I'm going to fail and that my feet is not on solid ground. God, you show up. You show up and you show out. And you make your presence known and you make your presence felt. God, my prayer today is that all of us in times where we are overwhelmed, in times where we consider forsaking our relationship with you, in times where we feel like maybe you're not there, that we would just be reminded of all the times you have blessed us with peace and with your presence. Help us, God, to be peacemakers in our world, to to strive for peace, to seek peace, to choose peace when we could choose any other option. Because, God, you need us to, to be that in a world that's seeking you and is seeking peace in the midst of chaos. When the world is in chaos, we are in Christ. And we honor you for that. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Stand with us. Let's worship. If you need to pray, come pray with me. Come use our stage as an altar. If you don't have a relationship with Christ and you want to talk about what that looks like and and how to uh, make that official, so to speak, by all means, come speak with me. I know that uh, we have had some recent uh, new memberships and uh, with all the craziness of of uh, the play last week I kind of forgot to bring them up and uh, one of those persons is gone so I'm going to wait to bring them up next week when they're both here but uh, I'm going to introduce some new members to you who have decided to come and join us and um, if that's something you'd like to do as well if you'd like to officially become a member of our church we would be so honored to have you you know one of the things I don't talk about enough and I kind of just in my study this week, realized that and thought, what an idiot, is baptism. Baptism is an important part of our faith. It is a public show of what Christ has done in our life. It is, I think, one of the biggest sources of encouragement for any Christian or any person to see that representation of us being buried to our old life and being uh, Rosen from our Rosen risen what Rosen's not a word I'm gonna use it I like Rosen sounds good (laughs) risen from our grave and uh, if baptism isn't something that you've done before or something that you have questions about or uh, maybe you're just feeling the need to uh, do again in life because maybe the first time it wasn't significant to you it didn't have that meaning um I want you to come talk to me about that as well because that that's important also. Otherwise, we're going to stand now. We're going to worship. We're going to give God his due, uh, and, and this time is yours.